Welcome to Hearthstone of Hell, a Diablo and whatever I'm playing right now, community podcast. It is Sunday, March 14th, 2021. You're listening to episode number 17. Obviously, this is Shazam. I'm back. Um, like I said last week, I was going to bring somebody in, at least talk to them to come in this week. And um, join me on this podcast. And I've told you guys that you guys would know this person. Um, so without further ado, um, here's Jen. Hi, thanks for having me on your show. It's always nice to visit people's shows. And you and I just did a show together on Soulstone fairly recently. So anyone interested in hearing that conversation can go back there and get it to uh, 80... No, 98, I think. Yeah, 98. Um, for those that don't know me, because I, I just always assume that there's people listening to a podcast I'm on that don't know who I am because I don't think I'm that popular or famous, you know. But I'm the host of Shattered Soulstone. I'm one of the original hosts that has been in and out of the show for a while, uh, sometimes on the show sporadically, sometimes doing the editing, that sort of thing. And now the show is being run by me and my husband, Sean. I'm doing all the podcasty parts and he's doing all of the production parts because he's better at it than me. And it's a Diablo community podcast, primarily focused almost entirely on Diablo every single episode, uh, except for sometimes when we have guests and then it can go pretty much anywhere, but I try. So that's who I am. And I'm happy to be on your show. Um, Thanks for being here. <laughs> <laughs> I... When I did the Shattered Soulstone, I assumed everybody in the Diablo community knew who the Shattered Soulstone was because it obviously was the first Diablo podcast. I think there was one before it. I don't know if it lasted too long after that, but I think there was like a maybe a D2 one. I don't remember the name. Um, I don't think we're the first one, but we might be the longest running one because we started in 2011 before the beta was out so that's why the music soundtrack in the Shattered Soulstone podcast is D2 because we didn't even know what D3 music was going to sound like yet you know and it's I don't think it's the first but it's maybe the longest running I back back when I was on the show I was trying to get guests on and I went. I started going with, going to streamers, and I went to Wolf Cryer, obviously. Mm -hmm. And then I went. I wanted to do. Um, I think I wanted to do Drop a Dooski or somebody or somebody like that. I can't remember their name exactly. But I was like, "Do you want to be on? You know, the podcast, Shattered Soulstone podcast, and." They were like, I've never heard of the Shattered Soulstone podcast before. And I'm like, alrighty then. I just assumed, <laughs> just assumed everybody at this point <laughs> knew who the Shattered Soulstone was. But um, apparently not everybody. <laughs> That's the thing about podcasting. Like, no matter how big you think your show is, there are people who will have no idea what it is anyway. Yeah. Even in a little niche genre, like talking about Diablo games. It's going to be like that. So that's why I assume that there's people who have no idea who I am. 
but um, I need to clarify one thing from last week. <laughs> my um, my screw up of the um, of the episode when I said that um, season twenty three was gonna start probably on the twenty sixth or whatever, you know, because of the two week downtime of the PTR and stuff. And then after the show went live and everything, like partway through the week, I looked at it and I go, that's kind of odd for me to bring up whenever season 22 is still gone on. No. <laughs> so, yeah. The so season 23 can't start when season 22 is still going. Right. Yeah. So Friday we all found out that uh, season 22 is ending on the 28th. Yeah. Which is two Sundays from right now. And, um, you know, um, Riker said on the, you know, Riker said even before the, when the PTR ended, and he said on his show this week that probably the, the, um, this season's going to go live on the 9th of April. It seems pretty logical. That makes sense. So we can look forward to around that time of the new season to start. And um, see how many people play a season whenever there's no seasonal theme. Is there no theme for the upcoming one? Or do we just have they just not revealed it yet? Um, there's no theme? As of right now, there's no theme. <laughs> okay, that's true. That's true. We don't know if, yeah, right now there's none, but I don't know. Maybe it'll be something cool they're just waiting on to tell us about until it gets closer to when the season, the new season launches. I mean, there's hope, I guess, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. If there's no seasonal theme, if you don't like the, if you don't like the pet for the Guardian that they haven't revealed yet, then you get, you know, less less drive to play the season. <laughs> so you can just take your regular non-season character and continue on and have the same stuff that the seasonal people have. Yeah, pretty much. If there's no theme, if it's all just the same stuff. I don't know why they do that, though. They've been doing themes for quite a while. I can't remember when the first theme was, but I know it was season of greed or something like that yeah <laughs> yeah that was that was amusing <laughs> um mm -hmm. that, that was the first one that one's memorable <laughs> you know? but yeah i'm not done with this season yet i'm nowhere near done with the season journey i've been incredibly busy with work stuff and uh, other stuff and the pollen counts have been crazy and that just slows me down quite a bit and so I'm, I'm, I'll get there as much as I can. I'm going to like really play as much as possible between now and when the season ends because I really want the Book of Cain pet. <laughs> and I'm so far behind. Um, I play in a Barbarian, which I've been doing for quite some time. This one I decided to do softcore instead of hardcore because I thought I would move faster. Didn't necessarily move faster, though. It just didn't matter, apparently. Um, but I'm having fun with it still. And I just started doing Greater Rifts this morning. And um, I record some of my gameplay, depending on how it came out. And I don't I don't stream, so it's not on that. But what I do is there's a 
It's a thing you can use to record your screen, and people use it for stuff like if they're doing a presentation or a work thing or that kind of stuff, and it can be used for other things. It's called, uh, what the heck is it called, ScreenFlow? I don't know if it's a Mac thing only, but I know it works for me. And so you get your, you know, your, you open up your Diablo game and get all ready to record, and then you hit record and start playing, and it's going to record. If you do full screen, it's going to just record your Diablo gameplay until you tell it to stop. And I have it working now. I got a new computer recently, and Diablo is running a lot better than it did on the other one. And um, so that's what I do. And then when you're done, you have the opportunity to edit that video. So if you want to take out the parts like I do where it's, you know, you, you ran a rift, you got all this stuff. And I don't think most people find it interesting to watch, you know, to watch me figure, try to figure out what stuff to keep and what stuff to sell or whatever. So I cut those parts out, make it a little better, and then I stick it on YouTube. Well, actually, I, I put it out as a podcast first, and then later it goes on YouTube. So that's what I'm doing. And it's. It sounds like a lot of work. It's not as much work as putting together a regular podcast every week, you know, <laughs> but um, it's just something fun I've been doing that would let me play and show people what I'm doing if they're interested without having to go on Twitch because I don't – I like Twitch. I like watching people stream. I like watching their videos on demand. I'm not a fan of streaming myself, you know. <laughs> I just get too caught up in the software and how is this how is this going to work on a Mac and can I make this work through my system and right now I'm using a, a Mac computer but a separate uh, monitor that's not a I'm not Mac at all so it's just you know so if you're like me and you don't want to stream for various reasons this is an option you can still put your stuff out there I'm kind of going on a tangent here but anyway um, yeah it's a new season in April right yeah. <laughs> yeah. The um, got mentioned on your show about Gran Turismo last week. I think so. It was installed on Friday after, you know, after I got off work or whatever, and I was planning on playing Gran Turismo all weekend. I, after we did the show on Friday, I loaded it up. And I found that Tesla's in the game, so obviously had to buy my car and Gran Turismo and play, um, you know, drive my car around. Of course. <laughs> How cool is that? You get to drive a, you get to drive your Tesla in that game, you know. <laughs> and you actually have a Tesla, so I mean, that's kind of neat. So I did that for a while, and then I'm like in the back of my head because we were talking about what what streamers um, were playing, you know, and like the dropping off of Diablo 3 and stuff like that on the, on her podcast. Mm -hmm. And while I, you know, while I was looking, I seen all these people playing Diablo 2 and I'm, it's like new season of um, Project Diablo 2 is out, you know, on, you know, came out on Friday. And in the back of my head the whole time, I'm like, man, I could really play Diablo 2 right now. Like, I want to play Resurrected right now. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's not out, so... No, it's not. So I can um, I can just play Diablo 2 normally. And um, what better way to play Diablo 2 than, you know, at 16 by 9 on a 
on my computer and um you know it'd be better <laughs> than the original one so i downloaded you know diablo 2 and lord of destruction off my um my blizzard account installed them and then i um installed project diablo 2 and then i've come to find out after doing that that either there's a ton of people playing or their servers are that bad for me anyway that it is physically impossible for me to play this game online that's too bad now this is the one that's not from blizzard right it's Cor like a fan project correct yeah it's um it's basically modded diablo 2 um they got like a map system at the end of you know the thing of the campaign and they got um i guess rework skills for certain classes and um i don't know what all they added to the game but they made like the stash size twice as big your inventory is twice as big that's nice yeah they made stuff nice like that um but I would play for a while, you know, 15, 20 minutes, and then I'd get disconnected. And then you'd be in a queue to create another another game, which, you know, was like five-minute wait. You'd play for 20 more minutes, you'd get disconnected. And it, like, I got irritated, but I still wanted to play Diablo 2, so I'm like... I really don't care about leaderboards right now, especially on something that's not sanctioned by um, Blizzard. Mm -hmm. So I'll just play offline. And um, I think I'm halfway through Act 2 right now. I'm, I'm going pretty slow. I was kind of spotty playing this weekend. And um, I'm trying to remember from 20 years ago how I'm, how the sorcerer played so I can make the end game viable. I know I swear that there was a ring around the sorcerer and it did damage or it might have even been a shield for some you know and you did the um frozen orb. But I can't remember you know, it's, it's been twenty years. Basically half of my life ago and um you know, I have to look up online what all entails, like the Frozen Orb build from 20 years ago. But for me, that was like the reason why everybody ran a sorcerer. You know, you could teleport everywhere, throw a couple Frozen Orbs out, and if anything got close, they got murdered by your shield. And um, I quite enjoyed that. That and the Amazon, I haven't played an Amazon yet, so I'm like my only two classes that I played in Diablo 2. I wasn't a necromancer player or barb or anything like that. I, I essentially just went sorcerer and um Yeah, sorcerer and Amazon. I think every now and then I think I went to the Templar or Crusader, whatever it is. 
because I didn't play that very much. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll play that. I beat, <coughs> I beat normal difficulty by, uh, you know, middle of the week. I'll try and start ramping up my speed and stuff like that. <clears throat> try and get um, acclimated back to Diablo 2 before Resurrected comes out. So when Resurrected comes out, I can... You'll be all set, right? <laughs> I'll be straight ready to to to, um, to merc the leaderboards on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you get that opportunity to be at the top there after all the progress you're making practicing here, you know? <laughs> That'd be cool. I haven't played D2. I've said this before on various podcasts, probably. And um, because at the time, my computer wouldn't run it. It was like a really old, like, this is back in the day. I played D1 on this computer and it ran fine. When D2 came out, it wouldn't work because the computer was basically a Frankenstein made out of parts that uh, people I knew brought home from their IT jobs, which you could do without being noticed back you know, 20-some years ago or whatever, and uh, it just wouldn't run, so I just kind of gave up, and then I was um, I was out of college by then, and I was done with student teaching, and so I was, like, trying to get a real job and stuff, and I started uh, working a couple of jobs at the same time, and there was just no time to try to sort that out, so I kind of missed out on that whole thing, so I'm really looking forward to the, the new one coming out. Um, is it remastered? It's not resurrected. It's remastered, right? Yeah, and yeah, and so then I'll get actually an opportunity to play it. I'm not sure what class I want to do. I mean, I love Barbarians, but I kind of like Necromancers too. So I want to see what that turns into on there. But it won't play on a Mac. We already know this. It's not going to play on a Mac because its structure is built for PC. And they built on that structure. We learned that at BlizzCon Line. Um, you know, to to make it you know look better and all this, it's it's still there. Like you can't make this into a Mac game apparently. So I'm gonna try and see if I can get. Um, I think it's a is it a PS5? I think everybody needs to get to play that one. Cause I think it's gonna be on PS5, but I don't think it's gonna be on uh, Xbox. It's gonna it's gonna be on all of them. It's gonna be on the Switch. It is? Gonna be on the Switch, the Xbox, and the PlayStation. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay. Well, that makes things a little more interesting then. You know, I wasn't aware that it wasn't, you know, on one or the other. But, like, I, I've i played a Switch at BlizzCon 2018 to play Diablo Immortal, and I, I'm not real comfortable with the Switch. Like, it's, I've played, like, handheld stuff, you know, back in the day. I, I kind of know how that works. The Switch sort of works like that. But the way the controller and the buttons work is physically hard for me to do because I have fibromyalgia and it can mess with my hands. Like I can only play a game for maybe an hour at the most and then my hands stop working because of my chronic illness. Well, one of them, that one. Um, so I, I can't do a Switch, but if it's going to be on Xbox as well, that opens up some more possibilities. I'll have to think about that. It might be less expensive than a PS5. Hmm. Uh, you know, if you, the the Xbox Series S, which is I don't know, it's not as powerful as the PlayStation Five or anything like that, but that's mm-hmm. a that's a three hundred dollar console. Okay, that's not too bad. 
but the other ones are like double that. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. I heard if, that if that helps. Gonna, <laughs> I heard that I'm gonna blank out of the gaming company. Um that makes the uh what was it? I think it was Epic put a bunch of their stuff into like one of the uh Xbox consoles or something recently. Let's see if I can find that. It was like, um, what was it? Let me see. I should have like thought about this ahead of time, but um, and it's like games I've never been able to play because they don't run out of Mac, you know. But I think they put like a whole series there and um, have it like exclusive to that. I think um, well Bethesda just did. Uh... Oh, it's Bethesda. That's what it was. Okay, it's Bethesda. That okay. Yeah. So there's like all these games that are in Xbox that look really fun that I kind of want to play and I've never been able to. So if you're telling me that the Diablo 2 from Blizzard is going to be on an Xbox, well then, you know, I mean, maybe I go that way instead. Yeah. Right now it's looking at um, if you want to play anything with Fallout or... Um, Elder Scrolls, or Doom, or, an, Doom. or anything <laughs> like that, you're going to have to buy an Xbox or a PC, because mm -hmm. they will not be on a Sony or a Nintendo um, console. Right, right. You know, that's... Yeah, but I, was, I found an article, well, from Bethesda, now that I know it was Bethesda. I just forgot which one it was, but yeah, it's got, like, Doom from 1993 on there. Like, I've played that a lot. That <laughs> was really fun at the yeah. time, you know? Yeah. And I guess there's a ton of other Doom games you can play if you like that one on there. There's, like, a whole series. And Elder Scrolls always looked good, could never play it because it wasn't on a Mac, you know, all this stuff. The Fallout stuff, I've been meaning to get into that for a while like I think back in the day like years ago when I had a PC like way early on like long time ago um, I know I was playing a Fallout game and it didn't run very well on my machine because as I said it was a Frankenstein and it was a neat game and I wanted to like see where it went and what else it did now they've got all these other versions so it's like hmm maybe I'm going that way <laughs> you know sure <laughs> From Fallout 3 on, it's basically, mm -hmm. like, Elder Scrolls seems like a game from, like, the past mm -hmm. in a universe. Um, Fallout seems like that same universe, only far into the future whenever everything just, you know, went to, basically went to shit. Because, like, if you play both games, you see an NPC from Elder Scrolls. And you go to Fallout, you're going to see an NPC that looks exactly the same, only in different clothing. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of fun. You know? It's kind of like an Easter egg. Like, oh, hey, it's that guy. But, like, all their games have been like that because they run on the same engine. It's just like, you know, make a, make a Fallout game or make an Elder Scrolls game, but it's all going to have basically the same... Stuff, only one's gonna have swords and one's gonna have guns. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That might be that might be fun. This Wolfenstein thing sounds kind of fun too. And that's what's in the list, mostly. There's some other ones in here I've never heard of, but um, 
Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's kind of interesting to me that, like, right now, as Blizzard itself has, you know, is in the process of, or maybe almost done with, releasing this new remastered D2, and then here's Bethesda with, like, all these games from way back when that they're <laughs> sticking on the Xbox, and, you know, Doom 1993, like, really? I mean, I'll play it, <laughs> but it's just, it's just kind of neat to me that it's like, you know, everything old is new again. Because there's a whole audience of people that are too young to have played it back when it was new. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of cool that they can sort of re-release it and maybe get more people playing that stuff and going back. And, you know, that's the thing. Like, when I was younger, <laughs> I think, I don't think I'm too much older than you, but I might be. Um, I remember, like people would play the newest version of whatever like my family had nintendo systems and you know we went from the original to the the next one and all that and at the time like when the newest mario version you know, mario game whenever it was came out everybody wanted to play that and nobody ever thought about going back to the older ones but now it's like people are going oh i wish i could have played that older version you know yeah i was before we did the show i was watching a youtube video about people beating the world record on um, punch, the original Punch-Out game. <laughs> oh my gosh! I've played that one too. <laughs> oh man. That's amazing to think about. You know, So people our age that have kids, depending on when they started having kids, I mean their kids might not know about these games. You know, some of the ones that like, we just talked about Bethesda has released and stuff. And it's kind of like I find it interesting from the perspective of, like, when we were little, you know, I mean, I remember going into arcades with handfuls of quarters, you know, like that kind of stuff, and it's interesting that, like, some of those games are still, like, like people our age and older, I guess, remember those games, but to think about it as, you know, here's the history, like, here's the history of why this game is like this, and here's the pieces that you may have missed from the storyline or from the style of the game or that kind of stuff. Here's why this newest version is like this. It's kind of like almost making the older games, like, historical but yet playable, you know? Yeah. And that's neat. I never expected that would occur back in the day when I was like, you know, sticking quarters on the, the you know, the big old arcade machines to get next, you know. My um, my nephew, he just turned oh, 18 in the last last year, but he was lucky because, like, when the Xbox One came out, I had a 360 with, you know. 30-ish games or something like that. And I was like, I'm not going to play this 360 anymore, but I'm, I sure don't want to trade it in. I want to keep it. So I just gave it to my nephew. Mm -hmm. And then I had the Xbox One. And then I, a couple years later, I bought an Xbox One S, which I think I got the like some special edition one that has two, like a two terabyte hard drive and stuff like that. But I gave my old Xbox one to my nephew. And when I quit playing Xbox altogether, I just stuck all my games at my parents' house. And my nephew basically stole them all. And, um, you know, 
but he he was current, you know, console wise, like essentially through his whole teenage years because of me, because it's the system I didn't play, but I had a ton of games for and stuff like that. And then his mom just continued to buy him games after that. But um, yeah, he's. He's been lucky on that front. Now he's 18 years old, and there's a new console coming out, and I'm not buying it. And you know, now he's gotta pitch out money and buy a new console if he wants one or not. Yeah. Well, he's 18, so he's an adult. Yeah. You know, he can pay for stuff himself like the rest of us have to do. I guess. You know. That's how it goes. But he was he was in the video games ever since he was a kid, and I'm thinking. My mom tells me that he was like me growing up, that I didn't have to like really study or anything, and I could just go into a test and pass with an A and mm-hmm. not give any cares. But then, um, you know, I tried coaxing my nephew, be like, "What do you want to do when you get out of school?" I was like, "Going to go back to college or anything like that." He's like, "No, nah, I'm not going to college." I was like, you interested in it? Like, what are you interested in? Like, you know, outside of, you know, anything. And he really didn't, really didn't know. I really haven't asked him any, anything since he said that he wasn't going to college or anything. But then I'm like, you know, when I was his age, I bought a PC, like my own personal PC. And then immediately I'm like, how can I build one of these? You know, mm-hmm. like I want to build my own at this point. And like the disconnect of my nephew doesn't, my nephew doesn't care like how PCs put together or how anything's put together. So we like, we don't share anything like that family wise, but I don't know. I guess I'm the only person in the family that cares about technology. <laughs> like on, you know, the level that I do. It could be. I mean, it just depends, I suppose. But you were saying, like, you know, you were passing tests with A's without really having to, you know, study too hard for it. So maybe there's, like, something about being that level of intelligence to kind of work out what you need to know and to do it that kind of inclines people towards learning how to build computers and stuff like that and if you just if you're not as interested or if you're not you know like I don't know but the other thing is like okay so I as far as I think I'm generation x which you may or may not be I'm not sure but the younger kids that are like generation z or something like that their whole world is different from what we grew up in you know it's completely different after us they're called millennials Oh, millennials. Okay, so millennials. And Their world is vastly different. I mean, I if I were 18 right now, I would not go to college because it's too expensive and there's too many student loan things. And with COVID going on right now, you know, um, it's a risk in a lot of ways, you know. Yeah, my nephew, my nephew graduated high school with only his parents allowed to be there, like nobody else was allowed to be at his actual, you know, graduation last year. Right, because of COVID. I mean, things are yeah. different. 
you know, there's a whole group of kids that, and I'm saying kids, they were teens, obviously, but that didn't get a senior prom. Like, they didn't have the opportunity to go to one, which is like a rite of passage for some people. I mean, I never did any of that, but um, some people look forward to that. And they didn't get that either. So there's like all these little markers that society has put together that many people want to participate in and they couldn't do it, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, that's rough. And then, you know, right now there's a lot of unemployment going on. So if you got, you know, you went to college, if you're, you know, a millennial and you went to college and you paid for college, and you got student loans to help you pay for college that you now can't pay back because there are no jobs. I mean, I can see why that generation might not be so keen on going to college. You know? Yeah, I was... But when it comes after it, it's not going to be interested either. I was... I heard on... I can't remember if it was Tim Cast or something like that. But I guess, like, colleges, like, went up so high in price over like the last 20 years well since I went to college which is mm -hmm. 2004 but supposedly yeah, I'm a bit older than you then that's for sure well, I, I could have went in 2000 but I, I took a couple years off so oh, okay then that's still older than yeah. you <laughs> yeah. but um, I guess like you, originally you, were, you had to go to the bank get a bank loan you know, to go to college and then pay for your college, and you were done. Then apparently, at some point in time, the 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 government started backing the loans, so you could, you know, you could get way more money. So in turn, all these universities and stuff said, "Well, if you guys can get more money, we could start charging you more." So they just started charging more. And he just kept doing that and kept doing that. Because mm -hmm. 2004 to 2006, my associate's degree in this in the college I went to cost six grand. You know, wow. a lot of people's going to think that's cheap. Some right people, now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. To go to that same college today, to the same program I went to, is going to cost you... 33% more. It's going to cost you a little over $9,000 to do that. That's a lot. And you're, and I, I always beat this into these people's, these kids' ears, but nobody wants to hear me. Mm -hmm. you, you're going to a, you're going to a, a community college. You're paying nine grand. It's going to cost you, you know, essentially a little bit more money. But it's going to cost more time because you have to take a couple classes every day. But if you did that, you would have an associate's degree. And then let's say that you don't want to do the, our job anymore. You want to go do something else. You, have already ha you already have a generic science degree, um, you know, that you could take anywhere. Mm -hmm. And every kid that goes through this, you know, this, training right now and they've been I've seen it more times than not all these kids have opted out of not getting the associate's degree 
And then yeah. five, and five, ten years later, they're like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm like, well, you could have went back to college for two more years and got a, you know, a bachelor's degree, but you guys didn't get your associate's degree. Yeah, that's, that is a thing. Now, when I went to school, I started college in 91. And I had, um, I think my dad took out a loan. Or he had me take out a loan and said he would pay me back or something like that. And it was small. It was a really small loan, and it covered, like, the first year of school, you know? And then the second year, my dad said he was going to pay for school again, you know, by taking out a loan. And decided not to because my younger sister was ready to go to school. And I just went to, like, a, you know, public kind of college. And... She wanted to go to a private college that was out of state, and it was probably the best choice for her, but it was so much more expensive than where I was going. So my dad was like, well, you're on your own. And I was able to pay for school by working three jobs while going to school. You can't do that now. You know? My niece went through nursing school while working in an old folks home, so it's still possible. Yeah, that's not three jobs. So, I mean, yeah. that's, that's hard. Um, that's hard to do. I don't think it's... I don't think everyone could do what, you know, my generation did when we first started college, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was a different time in 91, you know? Anyway. Um, yeah, but I kind of get why people wouldn't, like, younger people wouldn't do it, you know? Because when I went into school, this is kind of a tangent, but I'll make it small. I was going to do animation in 91, and uh, it wasn't like today. So you had to have all these math skills and I'm dyslexic okay I can sort of figure out uh, language and you know, English that kind of stuff like from writing my job as a freelance writer and to make this work I do a lot of spell checking and I look up words to make sure I'm using them right and I edit and edit and edit to get it so that it's it's right it takes longer than most people with math I can't understand numbers at all I don't have that part of my brain I mean it's like I don't remember numbers I I can remember my social security number and it is the only number that sticks in my head so I tried doing this math class and it just wasn't going to happen so I had to switch you know what I was going to do and it's I I minored in anthro for a while because I thought I was going to be an anthropologist. That just never would have worked either. So eventually I was like, well, you can always teach. We're always, you know, going into school and high school. It's like, well, you can always teach. So get a degree in whatever and you can always teach. So I did that and I got an education degree, which it's specified in art ed. It's a bachelor's of science. And it's like a double major on its own because you're doing all of the regular classes like you were talking about, you know, like the gen eds. And you're also doing... Uh, classes specified to teaching like uh, child psychology classes and things like that but you also have to show proficiency in a number of arts and at the time none of it was on a computer so you're physically doing these things with actual like paper or um, and you had to do like you had to do a certain kind of painting or you had to do uh, printmaking and I did that with lithography which I don't think they even do anymore which is literally you use uh, some kind of essentially a crayon to draw on a stone and then you can make prints off of that it's heavy <laughs> you know I went through all that and then you do student teaching in a series of ways and it takes a lot of time and effort to do all of this plus working you know and when you get to actual student teaching you can't do anything else but that you know and I went through all that figuring okay well I've got the degree 
I've been told you can always teach. They always need teachers. All right. So I went back to my hometown, which is in a rough neighborhood. I grew up there. I knew what it was. It was pretty much the same. And they needed substitute teachers at the time. So I started being a substitute teacher. And I speak Spanish. So they needed the area I wanted to work in had a lot of classes that were taught in Spanish. So I was doing that. And at some point, one of the art teachers in the high school decided to retire. And I thought, okay, well, I've been in the high school doing you know, all this stuff with their classes too. I should be next in line. And instead, the district decided to ax one of the art positions and just move everybody else up. And I'm like, okay, so you can always teach is a lie, you know, and just kind of moved on from there. But I feel like if you're an 18-year-old and you're just about to start college, like – that concept you may be getting from older people, not the, you know, people older than you that went to college and are still thinking of it how it was then. Like, I don't think if I were 18 now and decided at the start of my college career, oh, yes, I want to be a teacher. If I'm, you know, I'm looking at all these, like, you know, uh, remote learning things and all the difficulties trying to sort out what they're going to do with students to make them safe from the pandemic I, there's no way I would have become a teacher you know like the world is so different so I kind of empathize with these kids that don't want to go to school like don't want to go to college you know okay rant over I think oh this could just be me mm -hmm. thinking but I honestly think like the last two years this is I don't have any kids mm -hmm. as of last year I don't know any kids that are in school you know, close to me or anything like that. But to me, it seems like the last two years, these kids' schooling is not as good as it should have should be. I can see that as well. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> you know, I know that there's. You know, I talked to my boss and his kids, like certain days they just have to log in at a certain time and you know and then you got to do class at home and in some days you're at school and you know you don't know until like that week what days you're actually going to school and what days you're actually going to be at home but I don't know like high school kids maybe could get away with it kind of Mm -hmm. But a kid that's in like kindergarten, first, second, third grade, that's, that has to be rough on them. You know what I It might be. It. I think it depends on the kid when you're that little. Because some little kids are very excited to use the computer for anything. But I think a lot of them, they're missing out on the social interaction that they'd get with their peers typically. Yeah. I've heard it said. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of rough. Um, I know that there's, uh, I was just reading this news article. There's a school in somewhere in the uh, County I'm in that opened up for on-site learning recently. And they had, you know, the kindergartners were, they were talking about the kindergarten class. And so kindergarten's half day. So in between, you know, morning kids and afternoon kids, the teachers and the uh, janitors are scrubbing everything and 
uh, cleaning it all again at the end of the day, and the janitors are really paying an effort to putting in an effort to clean the bathrooms properly. They're using um, little round circles on the ground to keep the kids a safe distance apart. They have limited the number of kids in the classroom, and when they go out for recess, they only go out with the kids in their classroom to kind of stop the spread of potentially stop the spread of COVID, like if someone comes in and was exposed and didn't know. Um, so they're getting a little bit of social interaction, but they're starting their their school life with with this situation, wearing masks and washing your hands a lot and, and all of these things. And they're getting some social. They can like talk to their friends and they can play with their friends at recess and stuff like that. But I got to wonder, like, if we get to the point where we've conquered COVID and we don't need these restrictions anymore. Um, what will these kids feel like if it's two years from now or a year from now? I mean, a year for a five-year-old is a long time. And the only time they've experienced school is either through the computer or with masks on. Like, how are, are they going to freak out when like they see people not wearing masks again? You know, I worry about those kinds of things for them. Yeah. Anyway. Somehow we've gotten on the state of education here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure where that started, but maybe people will find it interesting in some yeah. way. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's just a, a glimpse in the, you know, our lives outside of video gaming, I guess. I guess so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um. You're going to be playing season 23, correct? Yes. I play every season. I don't always get very far, but I try, you know? I try. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll be very likely playing a barbarian <laughs> again because I just find it fun. There's something cathartic about, like, having a rough day and, like, physically beating up demons with, like, magic swords and stuff, <laughs> you know? I mean, it, it helps, so I kind of like that. I've, um... I started out when I when Diablo 3 came out, I started as a demon hunter, and I really liked that, but there's just something about barbarians. Like, I have a couple of D&D characters that are barbarians, and it was just so much fun, and I don't know, I've just kind of gone that way. But yeah, I'll be playing whatever season 23 is, I'll be playing it. Yeah, I played Demon Hunter whenever the game first came out, and I basically haven't stopped. Well, if you find something you like, I mean, keep going, you know? Yeah. There's no reason not to. I have played all of the classes, but many of them I don't do very well. Um, but I do pretty good as a barbarian. I do pretty good with the necromancer. I think I did all the set dungeons with the necro sets. I finished all of those, like, around when the necromancer was new. So I did that. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I did start, though, with the Demon Hunter, and I remember... I mean, I got into the beta. It was one of the ones that got into the beta or the alpha. Maybe they were the same thing. And played every class in there just to see what it was like. It was short. And did you... I don't know if you got into the beta or not, or if you were playing D3 then, or really? interested in it then. Um, everybody that played WoW and decided to, um, to sign up for the year to get Diablo 3 for free... Mm -hmm. We all got into the beta, so... Oh, cool. So you know what it was like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was fun. <laughs> it was really fun. Um, and then when the 
the launch happened and everybody struggled to try to get into the game because we were all trying to get in at the same time. We had that error 37 keep popping up, you know? Yeah. So my very first character was a demon hunter named 37 because I was frustrated <laughs> at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and I still have that character. <laughs> so I do. Once in a while I play, like in between seasons, once in a while I'll play, get her to do something else and whatever, you know? But... Yeah, it's uh, Sean and I used to play together for a while, um, and he was playing a barbarian. I think that's part of what made me go, "Hmm, that class looks fun." <laughs> yeah, but uh, he doesn't play video games anymore because he's got—he's uh, legally blind, and after a while, video games give him eye strain. So of course, you don't want to do something that's going to give you eye strain. So he doesn't play anymore. But I'm going to keep going. I can't remember a time in my life when I didn't play video games. I really can't. Like, my first video game was Pong. I am not kidding. So, yeah. I don't think it was immediately when Pong came out, but I know I was a real little kid playing that. My earliest... My earliest video game memories... I think I was around three. My parents getting an Atari 2600. Oh, I remember those. And my my dad's sister's coming up to the house, and my my mom and them playing um, Pac-Man for like hours and hours. And mm -hmm. <laughs> I remember those. That was fun. We didn't have one of those, um, but back in the day, okay. So I said I'm older than you, <laughs> and back in the day, uh, it was actually believed by most people in general like adults and kids that video games were for boys it never stopped me from playing I don't care but I remember going to my friend's house and they'd be like do you want to play video games and they'd be really hesitant to you know because they were worried like to, in order to go and play video games with them they made me promise not to tell anyone at school that they were playing video games because they were a girl you know <laughs> and they didn't want to get picked on that's how it was like back then like playing it in their own house with a friend of theirs was hard for them to do and I never cared because I I've mentioned this before in different podcasts and stuff even in in Soulstone but um, I figured out last year that I'm non-binary so maybe it didn't matter to me what people thought at all I mean I was playing Star Wars figure with Star Wars figures when I was five and that was definitely boys toys then but there were so many girls of my generation that kind of got the message that this is for boys you know, and I think it's stuck with them. And now it's like you see all these streamers that are girls, that are female, you know, that are streaming and playing. And video games seem to be a lot more um, open, I guess. You know, there's a lot of variety of what character you can pick and things like that. And yeah. back in the day, it was like you could be Mario or Luigi, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and that was it. But yeah, I mean, that's. That's how far video games have come. Like, I'm old enough to remember when that was, like, a thing. You know? They, like, seriously, some of my friends really enjoyed playing video games, but they were terrified to let anyone know at school because they thought they'd be picked on. Huh. And I didn't care if I got picked on. <laughs> no one picked on me. I was scary <laughs> when I was little. I probably still am. But... It's just, like, that's one thing. Like, we're talking about different generations and stuff a lot in this show. But, like, today, if you're if you're a 10-year-old girl or a 10-year-old boy, 
or a 10-year-old that doesn't fit either of those categories, you can play a video game and no one cares. It's fine. <laughs> you know? So that's come a long way. I guess there's a positive there, right? My, um... I remember my niece playing video games. She's... I don't know, she's 23-ish right now. Mm -hmm. I remember her playing video games mostly her whole life, you know. She, like, lately she's just basically been playing, like, Just Dance and, mm -hmm. you know, stupid games like that, or what I consider stupid games, but, um... Them have been her favorite as of late, but she played... Like, when the Wii was out, like, I remember my mom playing, like, every Mario game that came out. Mm-hmm. And my niece playing them, and, like, all kinds of games back then. But I do remember a time in the 80s and 90s that, yeah, um, my one cousin, she had a she had a regular Nintendo. And her mom only bought her games like Kirby there was like some other oh, yeah there's like some other game like had like I, I don't know basically looked like you were on like blocks of ice i can't remember the the video game's name is it cubert no it was oh i can't remember it's been it's been you know, 30 it's been a while yeah. it's been 30 years or so since since i even thought about mm -hmm. playing and regular nintendo but mm -hmm. um you know, about, them are about the only games that my aunt would ever buy her. So she was kind of limited on, you know, games like that. But And obviously Mario and stuff like that. But, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Wow. There, there, there wasn't many girls depicted in games back then. Right. Just, yeah. Just, just, just thinking back, like the first game that I remember that a girl was depicted in was... Mario 2, which, you know, you could play Princess Toad as one of the playable characters, but mm -hmm. I can't yeah. I can't think of one before that. Um, yeah, I think you're right about that. I can't think of one before that either, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And back in the, you know, back in the Atari days and stuff like that, you couldn't even tell if it was a human level or just a, a block, you know, <laughs> let alone. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But the graphics were not all that back in the day. <laughs> that's for sure. But I got to say with, with your niece playing the dance dance games, is that the one with like the board you got to like jump on? No, just dance. Is just, that, like, just, how does that work? Just dance. It's like nowadays it, um, if you're playing on like a switch or, I can't remember what other consoles you could play it on. But it's basically how you hold the controller. As if you're doing okay. the move right or not. I, you know, I'm not... really don't watch them play video that game very much because I can't right. stand the music, let alone <laughs> watching them dance in front of the TV. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so do you have to physically move to do it? Or you, it's, you just move the controller? You, um, you physically have to... Oh. You move the controller, but you have to, like, do some weird-ass pose, and, like, oh, okay. they time you on doing the pose at the right time, and, you know. 
basically, it's basically like Guitar Hero, only dancing and not, you know, strumming a guitar. Well, if it if it has her like if it requires the player to move around a lot, then that's actually probably pretty good during the pandemic because you can get some exercise at home. I think she's ha I think she owns like every Just Dance game since they've come out. So I didn't know there's more than one. Oh yeah, they make one I every guess they're year. Popular. They must be popular if people are doing that. Yeah, that's kind of neat. If I were younger, I'd probably do that. I was in ballet for 10 years, so I think I would have fun with that. But now I'm kind of, uh, I've got too many chronic illnesses to really make that go right now. But I can see where people would be into it. Guitar Hero is the only one that I, that even piques my interest when a new one comes out. And Activision hasn't had one out since the Xbox and the PlayStation 4s were brand new, so... That's a while. I don't know if they're going to make one for this new generation or not, but knowing Activision only comes out with older, you know, games that they've already done, so... Mm-hmm. I should. gotta wonder, though, if... Uh, go ahead. <laughs> well, they should, you know, because mm -hmm. they can't think of anything new. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would... Okay, that makes sense, yeah. But I wonder if part of the problem might be copyright... Like, did they, you know, if they're getting the copyright for the songs, that's fine. But if they weren't, or they weren't able to get them for enough songs or something, I think that could be maybe what's holding them back. I think, like, Guitar Hero, like, not this, like, this last game, but games before that, like, they monetized them. So if you wanted to buy, you know, let's say you wanted to buy, like, some some song that's not in the game, but you wanted it in the game. They would come out with a song. You'd pay like a buck thirty or two dollars or whatever for the for the song. And then you could play that song in the game. Okay. So they probably worked on copyright or something. So they monetized it. And mm -hmm. this last time Activision goes, we're not going to do that. Um, we're going to monetize it a different way. And they basically made Guitar Hero Live, which is an online, to me it looks like an online, um, like MTV style thing, which it looks like you have a, like a channel guide, and either every half hour, every hour, each channel, I think there was like four channels when I played it. And each channel would have like a different genre of music. So like one channel would be playing metal, one would be playing country, one would be playing pop, you know, like, and they would always change like every half hour, hour. And you would just basically go to each one of the, whatever channel, and you would listen, just basically watch the music video, and during the music video, you know, you play Guitar Hero. And the way they monetize it is, if you don't want to do that and you just want to play, if you just want to pay a dollar and we'll give you 60 minutes of whatever songs you want to listen to, whatever songs you want to play, then just give us a dollar and you can play whatever songs you want to play for an hour. So you can basically watch all the music videos you wanted to watch in an hour and it would cost you a dollar. That's not bad. 
and then they would have like all these other ways to monetize it which was between like 99 cents and I think five dollars or something like that and that's the way they monetize Guitar Hero Live interesting but I don't know how popular it was because after they came out with Guitar Hero Live you haven't you didn't hear anything after that you know they had mm-hmm. like the, the first wave of just when these Guitar Hero Live came out you had to get a new guitar and you had to get a video game the first batch of these guitars were all junk and every one of them were breaking oh no I ran into this I bought it when it first came out Came home, started playing it. Within the first two days, my guitar heroes, my my guitars broke. Got to take it back to the store, exchange it for another one. Come home a week later, it's broke again. Go back to the store, you know, and play this game of, you know, hoping and praying to get a good one. But um, I'm sure that cost Activision some money. But it seemed like they fixed that after a while, but you haven't heard anything since then about Guitar Hero Live, about them adding like a ton more songs or anything like that. It's just, that's all you heard is the game came out and that was it. How long ago was that? True. About roughly. 2014 It wasn't recent. Oh, okay. 2015, somewhere around there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's not terribly long ago. Um... Hmm. I wonder, you know, again, I wonder if like, okay, if the concept is you pay a dollar and you can play all of these songs for an hour, if you think about it in terms of streaming, a lot of streamers stream for more than an hour. So if they're going to do like a stream of that or something, it's going to start costing them a little bit, you know, um, so I wonder if between that and the issue with the guitar kind of made less and less people decide to play the game, you know? And if you don't have people streaming your new game or your new version of a game, I think it gets less attention. Yeah. Like, I'd never heard of this, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It could be a number of things. It's Activision. Who knows, right? It, it might even be. It might even be sooner than that, because it had to have been sooner than that. It'd been like 2016-ish. Yeah. I'm trying to think. It's either 2013 or 2016, somewhere around there, because between 20. 2013 and 2015, I didn't play any video games, so I know it didn't come out at that at that um, stretch of time. But you know, I played video games before and after that, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. And you've been playing D2. Yeah. Mhm. This kind of brings us back around to the start of this episode, doesn't it? <laughs> Do you have, I don't even know how long we've been going on at this point. I'm looking at the Skype and it says an hour and 13 minutes. But some of that was, we were talking before we started recording. Yeah. Do you have, do you have anything you want to talk about on, you know, 
Anything else you want to talk about on the show? <laughs> um, you can find Shattered Soulstone at shatteredsoulstone.com. There's a Twitter account at Shattered Stone. There's a Facebook page, Shattered Soulstone. Uh, my husband Sean is running that one because I do not do Facebook, and he does. <laughs> and if you want to find my Diablo videos, you can find them on bookofgen.net under Diablo videos, or just look at any of the show notes, the recent show notes from Shattered Soulstone. There's a link to that. And I guess that's about it. Um, on my end, you can go to hearthstonehell.com, follow us on Twitter at hearthstonehell. You can follow me on Twitter at Shazam081. Discord link on the website and on the Twitter page. So um, that's basically about it for the show. <laughs> I'm, cut, I'm cutting off the ramble. <laughs> I know. We've, well, I, I hope people will find it interesting because we kind of did the history of video games from our perspective, <laughs> you know, somewhere in there. Thanks for having me on your show. This was really fun. Yeah, hopefully we can do it again. Sometime, sure. Yeah, hopefully when we got more news. Oh, I know. Like right before season 23, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, until then, um, I'll see you guys all next week. <laughs>